BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, welcome to 5 on the Floor here on the 5 Reasons YouTube channel and also the 5 Reasons podcast channels you can check us out on red circle also on uh spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. And i mentioned the five reasons youtube channel go there and hit like and subscribe we got plenty of miami dolphins content and nfl draft content there all week also five reasons sports.com spell that one out for the latest content without a paywall and check us out on playback we're going to be on there for game five it's www.playback.tv backslash five rsn you can watch the game with us you can chat we sometimes bring you up on the stage and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. That includes you break wheel Had a lot of issues on the roads in South Florida. So we know what happens to the wheels. So check out you break wheel They're based in North Miami. Mark and his crew down there can help you out with just about anything. They do it all. They do repairs. They do replacements. They do refinishing. They do the powder coating. They can give your ride a new look. They can give you the heat colors, any of the heat colors. We know there are a lot of different heat colors. And also, they can do the Canes colors. They can do the Dolphin colors, everything. They can take care of it there. They'll do a great job. They will not rip you off. And if you mention five reasons, you get a discount on your overall order. So check them out. They're at Ubreak. Wheelfix.com. This is in North Miami. Reach Mark and his staff at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Or you break, that's with a U, you break wheelfix.com. You break wheelfix on Instagram, on Facebook, or on Twitter, and you get an estimate in just minutes. Again, check them out. You break wheelfix, 305-748-0112. And now, today's episode. Down to this gang. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back. It's Ethan Skolnick. You follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Here's today's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at BradyHawk305. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And I'm going to get the pronunciation correct here. From Miami Heat Beat is going to be covering game five for us. In Milwaukee, we got Siobhan Beslow. You can follow her at, I'm going to let her spill out her Twitter handle. So we're going to let her handle that. Uh, make sure you check out all the other episodes that are on the, the channel right now. We've got a starting five that I did. 
We've got an episode that I did with Greg Sylvander trying to put the Jimmy Butler performance into some kind of perspective, the 56 points in game four where he carried the Miami Heat to a 3-1 lead against the Bucs and also an episode right after the game that he did with Brian Fonseca and more. So that's all here on the channel. Today we're going to look forward a little bit to game five. There was some news today, um, I believe it was probably leaked by someone's agent, that came out about a couple of the different players in this series. So we're going to set the scene for you for game five. Milwaukee's backs are against the wall. Look, they looked shell-shocked last night. I don't know who wouldn't be. Mike Boonholzer in particular looked shell-shocked when he was asked questions about, are you going to double-team Jimmy? Are you actually going to go over the screen instead of under the screen? How are you going to handle them? Are you going to be more physical with them? They didn't seem to have any answers. And just looking on Buck's Twitter, which is an interesting place, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, they're freaked out. Uh, they're freaked out. They're freaked out by Jimmy, and they're freaked out by their own coach, and they're freaked out about how healthy Giannis is or isn't, and they're freaked out about why Chris Middleton getting outplayed by Caleb Martin. They're just freaked out right now. And so Miami Heat want to finish this thing, and we've talked a lot about this. The Heat are not great front runners. Uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Spo, they like to be kind of in the position they've been in earlier in this series. And now with a 3-1 lead, they're almost expected to win this thing. The odds have flipped. They're actually favorites in Vegas now, again, because they just need one more win. They came into this series plus 800. So basically, you put down 100 bucks, you could have won 800 bucks. That's not the case anymore. But we want to break down the X's and O's on this, and that's why I'm mostly going to get out of the way once we start. I'm going to go with this, Siobhan. Why was Jimmy Butler able to get everything he wanted, particularly in the first quarter, but especially – in the fourth quarter, 43 points in those two quarters. There is, it's such a layered answer. Um, I think simply put his game and his game and his mentality is so perfectly suited for the way that the Bucks defend. Um, uh, I guess a lot of people nowadays or whatever kind of struggle getting into and finding like the soft spots in the drop. And that's why the drop seems to be such an effective defense. I think it's because <clears throat> more people aren't as daring with it as he is. More people don't try to actually get into the really small kind of soft pocket, soft pockets of, of opening, but his game is just perfectly suited for it. He has the build. He has the mentality <clears throat> that his snake dribble is effective enough. He's an effective enough ball handler with just like natural ball handling skills and just the way that he uses his size um, to get into those kind of soft pocket areas. And when he gets in the post, when he gets down low, he's so smart. He's so cerebral. Like there were multiple times last night where he was, he, uh, he, he should have been swallowed by Giannis's length and just by the sheer size, but he has such a studyable like pivot package, his footwork, the, his reverse pivots, his, he, he's really good at like continuing to pivot on the foot. A lot of times the guys are just like pivot once and kind of go back. He like continues to pivot. Um, he, he's just, he's so smart and he's so, I think determined his, the mentality on top of kind of just the game. He's, I think he's the perfect player to when he's a perfect player to represent what Miami says that they stand for and the, and the perfect weapon kind of to go against um, this Bucks defense that we've seen so far. So Brady, why is it working so much better now? Because Siobhan's saying he's the perfect sort of antidote to the Bucks defense, which again was one of the better defenses in the NBA, but we've talked about Jimmy having some trouble against the length at times, and there was the Bryn Forbes series, the famous Bryn Forbes series. Now, in the 21 games since, I, I went through the stats, 21 playoff games since the Bryn Forbes series, 
He's shot 20. He has shot 62% from the, excuse me, 50, 55% from the floor, almost 56%. And he's averaged 29.5 points. That's in 21 playoff games. And that includes the two playoff games after his knee was basically taken out against the Celtics in which he really struggled. Like there's a real Valley there, but uh, you take those two out. He's averaging 33 points in the postseason and in the other 19 games since then. Why has he been so successful against them now when he wasn't before, when it doesn't seem like he has better teammates around him? Before I say that, wasn't the amount of points he scored in that series like the same as the, the amount of points he had last game? Yes. Like, I, yes. I think it was like around the same. But so <laughs> that, that's wild in itself. Still, yeah, still less. But either way, I think uh, – why is it working? I think there's a couple of reasons to it. I think the fact that his pull-up is falling is a big part of that. Like we often talk about so much of the, the pull-up shooting with their their guys in that series was absolutely horrible in the 2021 year. Like it was like, okay, well, Goron, Kendrick, Tyler, they can get to the free throw line and kind of pull, get to that pull-up. They, they got to it. They did not hit it. Jimmy is hitting it. Like they are just able to kind of – he's kind of baiting them into it. And you mentioned the size thing. To your point earlier, the footwork is the thing that stands out to me more than anything. Like he, he's just absolutely. You mentioned not sending doubles and stuff. He's when he's on an island with no matter who the defender is, he's going to find a crease eventually. Like he'll pivot six times until he finds a crease and he'll find a way to flip it up. And I, it really was wild to me. I asked him about it after the game, and it's he kind of hinted at the fact that he feels like he needs to lean into the footwork because the rim protection is so heavy in kind of this buck series. And I think the other part of the length problem is he's not seeing it a ton because he's seeing so much drew where he's, he's having to deal with more le- like, like strength than length. Like if it makes sense, like it, it's more about mm-hmm. having a body drew and find these little gaps. I thought the part that was more interesting than anything was the fact that they spam the same action late in, in, in that game. We talk about the fact he had 19 points in the final five minutes of that game down the stretch. They just went to the same action. They were just putting Middleton in the action. They, they started with when Middleton was on Duncan, they screened for him. Jimmy was able to kind of, he, he took a switch, drove to the basket down the left slot gets an and one and it was like okay well they're not helping down it's just one-on-one on an island they're just doing this type of stuff then you fast forward later drew's on on kyle and it was just kyle inverted pick and roll over and over and over and it was weird because Milwaukee was throwing different things it was like they'd switch one time they'd hedge another they would fight late another time like they were doing so many different things and jimmy was just reading it on the fly and just figuring it out time and time again and it was like if he's just going to do this and he's going to bully Drew as one of the strongest guards in this league, if he's going to have his pull-up falling, if he's feeling it enough to take step back after step back, and then he's also doing this thing where he's just does not care about your defense, the fact that you're protecting the rim this much and he's able to find these creases, there isn't an answer. The only other answer you could say, well, they could send two at him, but like sending two at him on the perimeter does nothing. That He's still yeah. going to get out of a, a, a blitz and he's going to end up yeah. in single coverage anyway. The only way you could kind of work around it is if you send a double to him, like if, when he's on that low block, when he's kind of making the pivots. But even then, it, it just gets weird. Like it, it, there's there's not really many answers other than they just need to be more physical with him from my Milwaukee's perspective, I guess. But it, it's I think it's just it's been like totally measured from Jimmy's perspective. It's been like truly just reaction, reaction, reaction. But Alex, they are going to allow, be allowed to be more physical with him in Milwaukee, right? I mean, down three one, I would guess that the officials give the Bucks a little bit of leeway with him. Just throwing Drew on him is not enough. I mean, I, you know, I, and, and I was looking at his numbers. I mean, whether it, his numbers, and again, those, sometimes those, those shot numbers are a little weird because you're one guy's guarding you, but then another guy's shading to you. So it, it's tough to really make sense of them, except when he's dominant against everybody. I mean, like you, you go through Drew, Drew, Giannis, 
Brooke, any, I mean, they, there are three, um, you know, there are basically three all NBA type defenders on that team. And it hasn't mattered at all. When I was going through Bucks Twitter today, they want, they want him to start sending to, I mean, cause they're looking at the heat roster and they're like, what else is going to beat us? I mean, they don't have Tyler Bam's in space and we'll get into that in a second. Caleb Martin slander. Wow. Well, I mean, I mean, I look, there's no bigger supporter of Caleb than not than me. And he's been tremendous. He's, he's the top, look, he has the best plus plus minus. He's the best net rating in the playoffs of any player coming into tonight's nice. games. Okay. And anybody who's played at least four games, but you're not counting on him to get you 25. Like th- there, there is nowhere else for really for Jimmy to go. So why not do everything you can to erase Jimmy and just live with it? He's not LeBron as a passer. So you know he's a good passer, but he's not LeBron. He's not going to kill you in that way with whip passes across the court and all that kind of stuff. So why wouldn't you just send two? I mean, it's a good question, and I wasn't there when Bud was asked about it. I would have liked to hear what he said. I'm sure he said a bunch of nothing like he did in the uh, post-game press conference before. Just a master. The, the same way that Jimmy has mastered everything he's good at, Mike Budenholzer is a master at Coach Pete because, my God, he's, he spent 15 minutes up there saying <laughs> absolutely nothing. Sorry, you just reminded me of that. But, look, really, though, Jimmy is, a, a, like I said, a master at what he does. Uh, he's gotten so much better even since when he came here. He's gotten, obviously, a lot better since he first came into the league, was a role player who nobody thought was going to turn out like this. And you guys spoke about it on Hangover Time as far as, like, um, you know, the role that he had to play when he first came into the league where he had to be very – careful of um the the shots he took and i i just think it kind of epitomizes the way that he plays now you know the most underrated part of his game you know the low turnover superstar part about it where he only had one turnover you know got better at the defensive stuff i think at his timing uh playing the passing lanes like everything he was already really good at he's gotten better at when in everything you guys were saying the pivots the footwork the getting to your spots no matter what the coverage is like he transcends all the conventional analysis, right? Like we know that this is a bad matchup for Bam, right? Because of the the, the rim protection, as far as uh, having Bam and and, and uh, I mean, excuse me, Giannis and Brooke down there, like everything is going to be tough for Bam. But Jimmy transcends all of that. He transcends the matchup stuff. It doesn't matter if they're the best defense. It doesn't matter if they're the best uh, rim protection team. It doesn't matter if they're the best team in everybody's pick to win the championship. He's going to find his openings. He's going to pace himself, and he knows how to read the game and doesn't force anything like he doesn't make bad decisions. And yes, he's not the same level of passer that a LeBron or Jokic is or whatever, like where he's going to absolutely pick you apart and make the toughest passes, but he is a very good one and he's going to make the right decisions more time than not. And he's going to step up in big moments. He cruises himself. I mean, paces himself kind of cruises throughout the season compared to what we've seen him do in the playoffs. They play him less and this is what they do it for. You know, we all had him losing um, you know, pretty early, whether even five or even six, like um, like we did here. And still, none of us saw this coming where I think Jimmy Butler kind of outdid everything he's already done. I don't think any of us saw that coming as far as in, in a one-game scenario. It was just such an impressive performance. And sorry for going off so long here. I haven't been on the last couple of podcasts. And last night was just an incredible experience. Best game I've ever been to, whether as a fan or covering, not even close. That was just, like, magnificent brilliant whatever you want to call it jimmy butler has just absolutely outdone everything that i think you would have thought when he first came here just playing on the level of Dwayne lebron can make a case better in some games it's unreal what he's doing 
I, I tweeted this out today and NBA Central picked it up. Um, top 10 game scores. And again, not a perfect statistic. There is no perfect statistic. But if you go to basketball reference uh, and their data there, the top 10 game scores in Miami Heat playoff history, Jimmy has the top six now. And he's got eight of the top 10. And the other guy is LeBron. So this means that Jimmy has Jimmy has eight games in the postseason that have a higher game score than anything Dwayne Wade produced. Now, we can talk about game two, game five, NBA finals, 2006, 2011 finals. There was a game in there, et cetera, where you can point to it and say, okay, I test, maybe you'd go with Dwayne's. But I'm just, just by the numbers, Jimmy has eight of the top 10 playoff performances. And he, he, that performance last night was seventh in NBA history. For game score, Dame Lillard, by the way, is number one, okay, on that. And you probably remember which game that was. Uh, so that's the level that he's playing at right now. And the way I look at it, too, is what we talk about the difference between him and LeBron. LeBron is otherworldly, okay, as a specimen, as an athlete. He's just another level from anybody who's ever played this game, and even his IQ, okay? But Jimmy, like, Jimmy is like eight and a half to nine out of ten. Uh, if, if LeBron's a 10 on these things, Jimmy's like an eight and a half to nine, but I think his will is greater. And I think that's, what's making up the difference here. Not that LeBron doesn't have great will, but I don't think there's anybody who compares to Jimmy. And it, it's really a uh, Brooke Lopez said it at the podium yesterday. He just said, we need to match his energy. And everybody on Twitter is like, good luck. Like if he's going to bring that, they can't match that. They don't have, I mean, maybe Giannis at times, but, Chris Middleton ain't matching that. Brooke Lopez ain't matching that. You cannot match that level of energy that he brought last night. Um, and, and just his ability to kind of, you know, read everything. Look, Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time. Okay. Did not have elite athleticism, was not the fastest skater, needed a protection all the time because he wasn't strong, but he was the best because he saw everything before it happened. Brady is the same way as a quarterback, does not have that level of some of the other quarterbacks. He's not Mahomes in that regard. As a reporter. Right. And, and, and it's just <laughs> exactly it's just uh, it's just a remarkable, remarkable performance from last night. And, and we'll see if it can continue when we come back from the break. I want to ask Siobhan and we'll go through this. If the Bucks have more success with Jimmy, if they do, and they got to have more than they had the other night or they have no chance. Who is it on Miami that's going to step up right now? Because the three letter word, I don't know that we can count on him at the moment. So we're going to get into that. In a second, we do want to mention All Pro Construction Builders. That's one of our great sponsors here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our guy Danny texted me all during the game yesterday. Yes, all of our sponsors are Heat fans. How does that work out? AllProConstructionBuilders.com or check them out on Instagram. We know the storms are coming. We're in South Florida. We just had storms, right? It's not even the fall yet. But the name storms are coming, the hurricanes, the tropical storms, and all that stuff. You want to make sure that your place is protected. You get the storm windows. You get 10% off your order if you mention five reasons. So reach out to allproconstructionbuilders.com. That's allproconstructionbuilders.com. Again, you get 10% discount if you mention 5R. Reach Danny directly also at 305-484-4429, 305-484-4429. They service Miami-Dade, Broward, and Monroe counties, and they use locally made American products, and they're family-owned and operated, just great people. And again, huge Heat fans, so support Heat fans. Reach out to Danny, 305 484 29. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Javon, who's it going to be? Because if, if Jimmy's not getting 56 again, I'm going to count on that, okay? Um, <laughs> you guys are throwing up your hands like it's possible, maybe. Uh, but I, I don't believe so. So who's who's next? Um on the pecking order for Miami right now, because Greg reported that, that Bam's dealing with some things right now, right after he reported it, not that it was taken from the same place. Uh, Shams reported it. Um, and then Shams also reported that Giannis had IV fluids after the game last night to sort of explain why he didn't speak to the media. Bam, uh, Bam and Giannis are represented by the same agent. So you can kind of put the pieces together that the word was getting out about both guys uh, to explain various things. Uh, maybe to the athletic and get it out on that megaphone today. Uh, can Bam be counted on right now to be the second option, or does it have to be somebody else? I think that <clears throat> I think that during the bulk of the lifting, it might have to be someone else, and that someone is the collective of the everyone else. Um, I'll, I'll touch on Bam in a second, but I, I do think it has to be everyone else for the simple fact that. Um, Miami is not and has not been a team, I guess, 
suited I, other than when Jimmy does it. I, I and, and Bam had a really dominant stretch. He's had a he's had a good season. Um, he had a really dominant stretch. I think it was last season where we first started to see like all of the everything kind of come together for him. I think what makes Miami um, overwhelming when they are is that you get the contributions that you expected you to get from the others, like from all of the role players. I think when their shooters are are firing, that opens things up, right? And and I, talking about the Jimmy stuff, I want to give a, a a nod to what Kevin Love has done for him. Just and one, just being the size and the 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 Jimmy Kevin Love two man pick and pop. They don't even move at like with any speed. They just get to the spots and then relocate to their next spot. And one of the two of them finds themselves consistently like halfway all like wide open um but that's that's the that's the luxury and having someone in that frame who can space i personally want to see some more dunking screening for jimmy because i think you will end up with this with similar results um but i i think it has to be the collective uh you were talking alex about um i know brady you were talking about like where is it most effective to go at to try to double Jimmy. And you're right, like doing it on the perimeter is not going to do anything. He's going to find himself loose. But if you do it, it probably has to be in that mid post, that like low block kind of short corner area. But what I then think you run into is, um, you know, Jimmy wants to be efficient and he has to be efficient kind of as the lead guy. But when it comes to like the rest of them, I th- for me personally, at least, uh, some of the efficiency kind of goes out of the window a little bit or like the need to have to be. Jimmy is so good at empowering the rest of them to take shots, to like, if you are open, take this shot. I don't care that you are missing it. You are hurting us by not taking it. And so I think that you see a lot of that. And, and with this sense of like, you know, oh, hell, I, I'm, I'm damned if I don't take it, maybe a little less than if I do take it and miss. I think you see... Um, I think you see uh, the shooters shoot better. Uh, they have spaces for some some cutting. Like Caleb is one of their better cutters, like better slashers. Max, when he's on it, he can give you like some good cuts and some good kind of movement on the interior. So I think it has to be the collective of them. I like some of what they're running for Gabe. Um, Gabe's my guy. I'm not here to bring any Gabe homerism, but they're running like a lot of stacks. They're getting Gabe really good depth on some of his tracks. He's just not shooting it well. They could probably do some of that for Kyle, but I, I want Gabe to feel empowered to continue to kind of probe and just make good decisions when he's down there. So I think it has to be the collective. And then once they are going, then I think that they're unlocks the space or the room or the whatever for Bam to kind of get it together and come along. We've seen him do a lot of his work in the second halves. Um, ideally, you want that to come earlier in the game. But I think if the rest of them get going, you you he has no choice. 13 has no choice but to find himself um, ways to be effective offensively. The defense is going to be what it is. He still has to, he has some discipline stuff for me that I want to see him clean up defensively. Um, but on the gross level, his defense is going to be what it is. I think the group has to come along and then um, Bam has to um, find himself impactful and not necessarily like we, I'm trying not to go too long. A, a lot of the talk is kind of how do the guards do or don't get him involved. He has to get him in, himself involved sometimes too. Like the way that he moves in the low boat, in the low block, he, he's too vertical. Like he stands too tall. He doesn't get a good enough face. He doesn't he, too often. He doesn't look ready for kind of whatever is about to kind of transpire. So 
I think the rest of them get going and he has to find himself coming along too. A couple of things you mentioned there are interesting. We really haven't talked about uh, Kevin Love in the Jimmy Butler context as much. We you talked about to. a lot. Well, I know, and I think we should. And it, it, it's interesting because even their dynamic, their relationship, which I see in the locker mm-hmm. room, where there were some mm-hmm. questions about that because Kevin had made a couple comments related to Jimmy uh, when they weren't playing together, kind of making fun of you know the whole Jimmy getting up at four in the morning thing. Uh, but you see them in the locker room, like they're they're clearly friends. Like they they've bonded, and it, it feels like Jimmy has someone else in the locker room now that he feels is on his level, I guess, from a career perspective and from an IQ perspective. And I, I think that's helped him a lot, even if Kevin's play has been up and down at times. Uh, and, and we talked about the, the struggles with Kevin playing with Bam and what those numbers have looked like. And now the Heat have gone back to it. And they went back to it, Brady, in part. And I, I, I want to focus more on offense here than defense, but they went back to it in part to handle Brooke. And then Brooke had 35 <laughs> in the last game. So it doesn't seem like that's uh, been the thing that it's really affected so much. Um, but I, let, let's get back to, as, as Siobhan says, 13 here, because, you know, that whole first half, it's been mostly the first halves that we've had the issues with. Um, I, I feel like we've, we've gone into this pattern a lot, whether it's on Twitter or off the floor feed or playback, where everybody's slandering Bam for the lack of aggressiveness in the first half or when he's aggressive early for the lack of efficiency in the first half. And then he kind of goes into a shell and then there's the turnovers. And then like you said it last night, Brady, it's like, well, he's going to end up with numbers. I mean, he, he'll end up with numbers, but it, it it's not the impactful numbers where you want to see him take over from the start. We don't think he's completely healthy, but he's out there. Okay. I mean, Aaron Fox is playing tonight with a broken finger. He wouldn't play with in the playoffs. So we got to look past some of this stuff. What does Bam need to do? Or is it, is it more about what Siobhan's talking about? Is it more about, Kyle and Gabe and Max and, and the rest of the crew. It's a weird dynamic because when I watch him in this series, it's like his shot profile is so simple. <laughs> like his shots are coming from over and over and over. And when you're not making those shots and you just know you're coming down the floor again and you're taking that same shot again, there's a mental side to it. Like where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get this wide open free throw line jumper, elbow jumper. We've had this conversation before. Uh, but it's like he does not have the same profile that he had late in the pre-All-Star break. Like, it, it just is what it is. And it also makes it tougher, as we've said before, is like when we pre-All-Star break, Bam's usage is at a certain point. Jimmy's kind of coasting. And then Jimmy's usage is now through the roof, which you want it to be. Uh, but then it's tougher for Bam to just, like, pick up and go from in the minor spots where he, where he has those moments. So it's like it's just a weird dynamic that it's it's – feels like it's an unlucky stretch where it's like shots aren't falling. Like that's kind of where I come back to, but it feels like as well, where me and Alex talk about all the time about running actions for him. I said before this game, I kept saying they're going to go with the way that Giannis is coming back. He's probably going to be on Jimmy early. They're going to do things. I said, they're going to go at bam early in this game. Like they're going to run actions for him. First play of the game, bam gets the ball in the middle of the floor. He's wide open, ends up in a turnover. Second play of the game. He comes down, they set like a cross screen for him to get it catch on the baseline gets blocked at the rim by Brooke Lopez. And it's like, well, they went to him, but now <laughs> I think we might have made it worse on his on his mental side. I think we may have just crushed his confidence instead of the opposite way, instead of getting him going. So it was like, it, I don't know how, what do they do exactly? Like, because the shots, I don't think are going to change because they just protect the rim really well. Like, that Brooke does a good job around there. Giannis swarming off certain ways. Like, the only way that I say is, I just think, and I know part of this is this is where it gets weird is because I think the injuries honestly is what's holding some of this back. 
but I think he just needs to play stronger and just go like go to the basket. Like there was that one play where he just went up on Brook and he got fouled and the ball bounced in on the dunk and he, and he got an N one. It's like, just take it up strong. Like try to get to the line, try to draw a foul. Don't keep taking the same shot over and over. Like at least try to make the put, put the defender in a position where they have to defend you have to put some pressure on him a little bit. So it's like, yeah. that's kind of the one change that I think makes sense. And the last thing I'll say is I was, I, I know this is a little different topic, but in terms of what you said about picking up for when Jimmy's in that space and she was talking about the collective group kind of stepping up, I was looking at the numbers from the bench. And we don't talk enough about what this bench is doing. Cause I'm looking at the regular season numbers. They were, they were 25th in bench points per game in the regular season. They are now first in the playoffs by a wide margin. Like what they're doing from this bench group, I was thinking about it too. And I'm like, we could probably make the case that three of their bench players are playing better than three of their starters. Like we could make that case. Like with the way that Caleb's been playing, with the way that Kyle's been playing, and the way that Dunk has been playing, those are kind of, you feel good about them. They've closed games for you. They Weren't they all three closing last night? Like it's like, mm-hmm. these you when you're talking about trying to push things forward, if Jimmy's getting doubled, Kyle pull-ups, Kyle collecting the offense, Duncan handoffs is, is the shots are falling, which is great, but man, does it create good looks, man, does it create a defensive havoc to kind of move things around and Caleb's movement in the half court has been just amazing. We could continue to talk about the highlight plays where he's moving in transition and doing this stuff or hitting a big shot and doing the coldest role player celebration of all time. But <laughs> the, the stuff he's doing in the half court, the movement and clearing stuff out for their main players. I just think we're not talking enough about what those three guys on the bench are doing, but it, it's, definitely it's one thing you could say the bench is playing this good but maybe it's also speaking volumes to the way some of the starters are playing which includes our topic and band yeah and i was um as i was watching that last night i was wondering where would tyler have fit in this would would jimmy have done that if tyler was on the floor because they would have run some actions for tyler and we we know what tyler has done in the fourth quarter before i don't know that jimmy goes that nuclear if he has Tyler and if he has Bam functioning offensively, like it, it, it sort of feels like sometimes with Jimmy, he's just better. And there are those around him who believe this. He's better when he's playing with the third stringers in Minnesota practice. Like this is the, where he just knows there's no other choice. It's on him and he's just going to go. Um, but he did find enough trust with enough. I, Caleb, for sure. There's no question. There's trust level there. There's trust level with love. Um, there's trust level with, with Max, but I don't, and, and with Cade personally, but I don't know that it's been rewarded in either of those two cases so far in this series with Duncan, there hasn't been as much trust level, but Duncan has been enormous. I mean, Duncan's offensive rating in this series, their offensive rating with him on the floor in the series is 128, uh, in part because of the space he's creating. So Alex, is this too simplistic to just say, bam, if bam gets some 22 in support of, of Jimmy and he's aggressive, that that's going to be enough. Um, because sometimes it does. We've talked about this all year. It feels like a zero-sum game with the two of them a lot. Yeah, and that's why this has been so like weird because it hasn't been a representation of what the season has felt like. You know, the first three games were blowouts, and it hasn't felt like you know your best players um, are the only ones playing well. It's been what you guys have talked about. It's Jimmy has taken it up to another level as we've seen before, and the role players are actually hitting their shots this time. They're like first in three-point percentage, first in offensive rating in the playoffs. Uh, points per game. Not that I use points per game a lot, but that's something that they're obviously they've been really bad at because their offense is bad and they play at a, at a very slow pace. So just the fact that they're number one in all these things, it's telling you guys are hitting their shots. And they did it again last night. It didn't feel like that the whole night, but 
it, they ended up making enough, um, especially down the stretch when it mattered. So many guys making plays uh, on the defensive end. You know, Jimmy talked about it being a team effort. And Jimmy, by the way, did speak really highly of Bam after the game, talking about, um, you know, that's what an all-star does, impact the games when, when the shots aren't falling. He did say something to the effect of, oh, things are going to get even better for us and open up more when, when more of Bam's uh, shots start falling. The thing with Bam is it, it does feel too simplistic at times because the 22 that I'm good with 22. Like I, I feel good if you're telling me Bam gets 22 points next game. I don't know if that's going to be enough in Milwaukee because if you're telling me that everybody else is doing their thing too, they're still making all these shots, their defense is on point, then yeah, sure. But it kind of they kind of need all those things to go right. I'm again going to go into game six expecting a loss. Jimmy, that's kind of how I felt going into last game. But Jimmy trans, uh, kind of transcends all that. Like I said before, I just think with Bam, you guys went into it very well there. You know, this team just protects the, the rim so well. And I think he's having a, a hard time balancing, you know, being the hub, trying to get the other guys going. And we're going right back into the same conversations we've had before, where even though he had that step of growth this year, he's regressing. And he literally used that word last night post-game. I brought up um, the quote here. It's not the full quote, but he did say, it's one of those things where shots aren't falling and you revert back to what got you to this point. And I think that's exactly what happens with Bam. Because he hasn't gotten to that level of mastery, Jimmy's at. I mean, he's like two or three notches below. You know what I mean? He's nowhere near. And you know, you know, you guys know I'm a huge Bam believer, Bam supporter. However you want to label it, um, it's just a difference in years of polishing your game. And obviously, like we said before, Bam has never been um, a big time uh, scoring option for his teams. I think as he came up in his career, he's still kind of new to this. And like Siobhan said. He's got to be, make himself more available, and he's got to find himself in better spots. And I do completely agree with Brady. Like we said before, they got to find something like easier for him because he's not going to get it at the rim as a lob threat. Um, like you guys mentioned, he, he got like two opportunities at the rim where he got blocked by Brooke Lopez. You thought he was finally going to get something easy. They don't get it. He's not getting to the rim or the free throw line enough. I agree with Brady. Like you got to make Brooke get into his defensive stance a little bit and kind of make him move. You got to make him come out into space. It's hard to make him do that if you're not going to just step into those long mid-range shots that I think Brooke would rather have him take, whereas Bam's, I think, uh, comfort range is kind of that short mid-range near the dotted line, like Eric Reed always likes to say. And Brooke just has his 7.5 or whatever wingspan all over that. It's it's really tough. I don't think he's figured it out yet. I still have belief that he's going to be able to pull through. I just don't think that like Bam being having 22 points next game is going to be what wins in the game. I think kind of everything's going to have to be on point. And everybody else is going to have to do their thing. The thing with the, the one thing that I don't understand, sorry for going on for so long again. It's just been so much going on. You, Jimmy Butler can get to his spots almost however, and yet they still run actions for him. That makes sense to get him downhill or to get him a switch on a matchup if that's what they're going to do, or to just go at the guy that he's already got on him and just be able to turn the corner and all of that, right? To create angles, to create spaces and attack him. He's a master at that. He doesn't necessarily need an action, and they still do it for him. Why don't they do it for Bam, who is clearly nowhere near the level? That And that's where I get a little bit frustrated. And I think Spo is an awesome coach, number one, all that. That's where I get frustrated. I think you got to make things easier for him. If you, Everything just can't be stepping into um, mid-range shots at the end of the clock that are contested after Bam is like, oh, well, guess I got to put something up here when everybody already knows he's looking for his teammate. Like Again, with the regression, he's it's going back to the conversations we've had before. You got to make it easier for him because he's not just going to 
you know, uh, come out here looking like LeBron James and just getting to the rim whenever he wants. Like, he is not at that level. I don't understand why you do it for Jimmy, but not for Bam. Siobhan, Can I say something you... to that? Yeah, run in there. I think it's difficult, especially in this series, because of how he's guarded. <clears throat> because they give him so much space, trying to screen for him actually is difficult because the screen angle is going to be so awkward in anything you that really low, I think. You, but you can't, but then if you do it really low, that opens up the like top of the key shots that he already has open. Like the stuff that they try, like the cross screens that they try to run for him. It happens in such close quarters because he has to then come closer to the defender to then come off of it. And like they tried to do like some back screen, some back screening action for him all within the arc. And they couldn't get any separation because Brooke is just right there. It's tough, especially with the way that Brooke defends him to run things for him on the interior because the space that's there for him is is like extending outward. Like the the that one play that you talked about, Brady, where he kind of just like took off and like accidentally dumped it in. I didn't even recognize that Jimmy was quote unquote screening for him, like blocking off Brooke, because it all just ha- it just looks like he just has this runway that is difficult to 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 screen for because it's kind of already present. I Brady, your thought you you break the tie on this. What's I mean, if they're screening to get him the same kind of shots that they're open, right? Anyway, for him. See, I have a different theory on this. Just I just downhill, think man. I, I just think he's in he, his head. He I, I, had to take fact, it downhill. The downhill is well, there right. for him to go. Well, I, but right into talking, right into two seven footers. <laughs> when, when when he's when he's talking after the game. Um, about regression. I mean, it means he's reading everything. He's seeing everything. We know the way that this stuff affects him. I mean, we know Tyler reads everything too, but it kind of fuels him with Bam. He kind of goes the other direction. They both see everything. So uh, how would you make him feel more comfortable? I mean, is it about what Alex is saying? You just run more actions for him, you know, that are specific for him to get him going? Or uh, again, is that kind of a lost cause and beating a dead horse at this point? The only way he's going to be more comfortable is if he makes shots. Like that is the only way mentally that he is going to just flip yeah. it and just and get into that comfortable mode again. Like that is literally the only way. Hit him in rhythm early. And that's what they tried to do. Like that was my my point in, in game four, which I, I wanted them to do, but they tried and it just it didn't work. Like like it's like a certain point of that where it's like it, it, it's just a weird dynamic. Like I said, and it, I just keep like I said before, I just lean in the direction of just if anything, if you if the shot's not falling early, at that point just play strong, <laughs> like just take off. Like you just did on that play. Just go to the basket, try to maybe play make a little bit more. But the issue is it's not like Jimmy playmaking where you have like Giannis helping off of, of Caleb slightly. And then Jimmy could dish like Bam is going. And because they're giving him that space to work and he's not looking at the basket, they're not helping off the shooters. So it's it, his like passing isn't even as dynamic as it was like in that Chicago game. Like think back to that, that play in game where he just came out early and it was because they were, so worried about Bam to like go and drive. He's kept finding Max, finding Max, finding Max, and Max just ended up having a monster game. So it's like this is a total different series, total different coverage. So it, it's just about him getting out of his head. I guess if he doesn't, if he hits shots, I have total trust in him to be comfortable and kind of take off from there. If he doesn't hit shots, it, it it really comes down to him just just going straight to the basket and just trying to play strong. Hopefully, he gets a couple to go because it, it, there's just not many other options at this point. But I will it finish really- with this because. The, the other point that you made, Ethan, you said something before about like, what do you like where this whole conversation started with the fact that like 
If you throw a double at Jimmy, who has to step up? Yeah. Honestly, forgetting schematics, my my guy that I'm going to next is Jimmy in a double. <laughs> like, if we're talking about going down the line here, I am betting on Jimmy Butler to take on the double and find his way to be efficient in that range. Think of just handing the keys to the next guy. Like, that is my answer. Damn. It's not a bad answer. It's probably the answer. It's probably the answer, honestly, that the Bucks don't want to hear. The, the Bucks, I probably would prefer a ball gets out of Jimmy's hands and somebody else has to actually create something as opposed to just having Jimmy bulldoze people or play the angles uh, to get his shots off. I don't think they want to deal with Jimmy in that regard um, anymore. I, I, I've never seen guys after a game like that. But again, when you have a two-time MVP on your roster, that look just so overwhelmed and bamboozled by a guy who's on the other side. They just look complete. They just don't know what to do with this guy. Like I, that's kind of where we're all at. Like they don't, he's not LeBron. So why is he playing like LeBron? Like they, this, they don't know what to do with him. All right. We're going to make predictions for this game. I got a feeling what Alex is going to be based on what he said earlier. We do want to mention uh, where you can make predictions for player props. You can do that at prize picks. Use code five F I V E get that initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. You can download it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or again, prizepicks.com. Use the code five, you get it matched up to 100. And that's that's right away money. This is not rollover money. This is not coming in from Costa Rica or something. You'll get your money right away. You can transfer it to your bank account immediately. So go to prizepicks.com, use code five F I V E. You can play more than just the NBA. You can play MLB, you can play MMA, NHL. It's all on there. So check them out at prizepicks. Dot com. Right, let's do this one quick. Night. What's that? Jimmy won me some money on Price Picks last night. Well, I mean, you don't get you don't get extra money for him doubling up a number, but I think he was at twenty nine. He, he went he went to fifty six. All right, let's get to predictions here uh, quickly. I'm gonna let Siobhan finish on this one. Let's do these uh, in a speedy fashion here. Brady, what do you like in Game Five? Well, to be fair, and I we I talk about this at every game. Every time I walk in the arena and talk to people and say that I have a bad feeling about a game. They go out and win and something crazy happens. If I walk in and say I have a good feeling, they lose to the Hawks. So that <laughs> just leave that there for, for itself. But this is a weird thing because 3-1 is not safe. And the reason I say that is when you think about it in the context of like, okay, let's say in the context of like the everybody's saying game five is Milwaukee's going to come out there and punch them in the mouth and, and take over. Game six feels like a game seven all of a sudden because now if you lose that game six at home, full momentum back into a game seven for the one seed. So, like, this can slip away very quickly. And to that point, I think Jimmy Butler takes care of business tomorrow. That is kind of where I land right now. And I know it's going to be surprising because I think everybody feels it's going the opposite way. I think Jimmy knows that it's gonna, it could get a little dicey late in the series. And I think they come out, they're, they, they're like you said, they were a little in shock from that game four. I don't, I, Jimmy's going to punch them in the mouth early. Like, he's been in every first quarter. I think Miami ends up sneaking one out and they win in five. All right. See, I don't feel that way. So that's probably going to make fans feel better. I, I think this series comes back to Miami. I, I just, I, again, I understand the way the Bucks looked last night. I was in that room. Um, but at the same time, this is a team that's won a title. They've got their core four guys won a championship together. I don't think they're going to lay down at home. We saw them shoot the lights out the last time that they were at home. And I've seen Miami go into these spots as a front runner. This is a different position for the heat than they have been in of late. Last year, they were the one seed, even though nobody respected them. Uh, even in the bubble, they were a five seed, but we felt they were a little bit better than that. This time, and again, they sort of punted the last game of the year. They would have been a four seed. Okay, that's the level that they played at most of the year. They they deserve to be an eight seed, the way they were playing at the end of the season. That loss at home to Atlanta 
they are perfectly capable of a clunker. And especially now that they don't have Tyler, they don't have Depot, they're really shorthanded. If they get a bad shooting night, they could get bullied out of the building. Um, I don't think they're going to win this game. I think it's going to come back to Miami. I still give them a good shot to win this series because I'm not betting against Jimmy three times, but I don't know that I'm betting against the Bucks on their home floor, uh, especially when they just got embarrassed. Uh, Alex. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like my, again, with the conventional stuff, my conventional wisdom tells me there's no way they win game five in Milwaukee. It's too good to be true. And that's literally what I was saying before this last game to everybody who I spoke to. It's like, it's, there's no way they're going to go up 3-1 tonight. It's too good to be true. That's what I kept saying. And that's it's I'm right back here. But that's why I'm like, I, I still think it's going to be Heat and Six. That's my prediction. I think they're going to win in Miami. And even that kind of scares me because of the way that they ended at home last year. I mentioned every time, losing three straight in the conference finals at home. But I think Jimmy has just made me like just such a believer out of me. And like, I, I could absolutely see what Brady's talking about happening. Like he is a killer. He's going to punch them in the mouth. I'm, I, it's more my worry about everybody else on the road and in a game in a, an elimination game from Milwaukee with all, e- even more pressure than they had in last night's game. I think they're going to try to punch back, but they did seem kind of shook post game. I, I think it's hard to recover after getting beat down like that, but I expect the bucks to win and I expect the heat to close them out in six. Jimmy might just, I don't know. I don't know. Jimmy might just compl- change all of that, though. You're muted. Siobhan, and I'm sorry, I, I muted myself. That should happen more often. Um, you can check out Siobhan's work on Miami Heat Beat uh, and also, uh, obviously, on Hangover Time, uh, but also she's going to be covering the game for us uh, in Milwaukee Game 5, so follow all of her coverage, and we'll promote it all on the Five Reasons Sports Feed. What are you going to be covering? I will be covering a, I think it, I, I think it's a Miami win. I personally, I had them, I had Miami in six before the start of the series. Um, mm. And like, you can ask, I did, you can ask Eternal, you can ask Tiffany Meeks. Like I've, I had Miami in six before the series began. Um, Guts. And I like, if, I feel like this is the one team we get up. If we don't get up, we get up for, like, the marquee games anyway. But, like, there's something extra in our blood, I feel like, that that happens um, when it's when it's Milwaukee lined up across from us. I have been winning tomorrow, I think, almost 100% because of what Brady said. Jimmy has an understanding that it's like don't play with your food. And especially food that you didn't even expect to be food. Like you should be grateful that you are in this position. And so you show your gratitude, you show your thanks and you go ahead and you handle business. I don't expect Milwaukee to lay down. Um, I think Ethan, when you were talking about like the kind of trust that he feels like he has now and someone like a Kevin, like I think, I think, I think you see, I don't know what Kevin's stat line looks like, but I think you see like steady veteran, I've won a championship before. I have a little bit of an edge and knowledge, experience, know-how, whatever. I think Jimmy, Kevin, I think you see, I think you see like a whatever closeout Kyle looks like. I think you get some of that. And I have a, I have good faith in the rest of the group. It feels like a game that Jimmy recognizes the weight of, but will do kind of everything in his power to take that pressure off of his teammates. 
Like, I need y'all to just play. I need you guys to shoot. I need you guys to shoot confidently. I need you guys to not be loose, but to be loose. Um, and and I think I think you see that translate. I think Gabe has a good game. I think Max shoots well. I think Duncan um, gives what what we need out of him. I just I feel good about the others on the road, just in kind of this particular scenario. And then if all else fails, I expect Jimmy to have a pulse on what he feels from his teammates early on and to know whether or not like, okay, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, me to shoulder, um, to shoulder a bit more of the low, which we've seen him be capable of doing. I think that they win tomorrow because they don't want to have to try to close out again and then again. So I think it's, I think tomorrow, I think tomorrow, There'll be a lot of unhappy Milwaukee fans in that arena, and I'm looking forward to see it. I hope that's I hope that's the case. Otherwise, I had jinx. one guy. I, I listen. Someone told me I was at the I was at game two and they or game three, and someone told me I was a jinx. There, I was like, "You're rude." Um, <laughs> I had the guy like behind me. He was going nuts every time Drew did something well. It was like every day is a holiday, and that's also who I accept. I expect to kind of step up for them. You were talking about who can kind of match Jimmy's energy or like intensity. And I think Drew um, expects more of himself and, and you get it tomorrow, but I, I have Miami winning. All right. So it's two, two here on this panel. We know who Greg's picking. So uh, I guess that turns the table that direction. We'll see what Siobhan sees there in person tomorrow. Thanks to our sponsors, prize picks, use the code five F I V E all pro construction builders.com. You break wheel fix.com. Check out the pregame show tomorrow. Also, I'm going to be on starting five in the morning. That's the new name of that show. Of course, we'll be on playback during the game and a postgame show and hangover time after the game. So plenty of coverage here. We'll see if the Heat can close this thing out. And now we're going to see also if the Knicks can close out their series. And then we have Armageddon. Thanks to Siobhan. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Brady. Everybody have a good day. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.